Eagles Entertainment. Everything that moves, I don't care who it is. Let's go. Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right of the day, and the Eagles get an impressive comeback win in Kansas City as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 494. At the top of today's show, we've got the postgame show, where I chat with Marissa Pilla and Ike Reese as the Eagles move to 9-1 and after a remarkable come-from-behind win over the defending Super Bowl champs. DeAndre Swift goes off. Devontae Smith, a huge game. Jalen Hurts willing this team to victory. The defense shuts out Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in the second half. There is so much to chew on from this game, and we're going to do it here on the postgame show. Now, the chunk of the show that you're going to listen to here in this podcast will take you all the way up to Nick Sirianni and his press conference. So, if you want to listen to Nick Sirianni, if you want to listen to Jalen Hurts, if you want to check the second half of the show, make sure you go listen, watch the entirety of the postgame show over on the Eagles YouTube page. You can go find that, uh, again, over on the Eagles YouTube page. So, uh, make Make sure you go check that out if you want to see the entire show. Before we get started here on the program, a couple things I want to make sure we hit on. As always, rate, review, subscribe. If you're enjoying this podcast, if you listen every single week to all three episodes, two of the three episodes, whatever it is, Go and tell us how much you like the show. Tell If you have a question about the Eagles, if you have a question about the stretch, going into the playoffs, whatever it is, go and leave the question in the comment box on Apple Podcasts. You throw us your support, and we can answer your question. So it's a, it's a win-win for everybody. Appreciate everyone that has done that lately. You know we always answer those questions at some point here on the podcast. That said, let's get going here with this one. Marissa is going to lead us in. It's time now for the postgame show. Hey everyone, welcome to Eagles Post Game. I'm Marissa Pillow with Fran Duffy and Ike Reese. And well, it wasn't a pretty one and it wasn't an easy one, but as we say here almost every other week, a win is a win. And with the win comes Victory! Woo! Someone check on this man. Man. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, you said before the show, I, I got to make sure I don't pass out yeah. on this one. Uh, yeah. I will let you take your breath a little bit. The Eagles pull out a big one here. Uh, obviously, an outstanding win on the road. Look, they, this is a team that did not play their best game through three quarters. They're down at halftime by 10. They're down at the start of the fourth quarter by three points, and they march back and they get this victory, a well-earned victory on the road against the defending champs. We say week in and week out that the Eagles need to have these tough adversity games so they have a muscle memory, a scar tissue, if you will, for them to look back on. What lessons did they look back on today for them to pull out this win? This, I mean, I think going into Arrowhead, being down by 10 at halftime after playing, quite frankly, not very good football in the first half on either side of the ball, to come out and play the way that they did in the second half, this is by far the best win under Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts, this regime. This was in, this. I played in Arrowhead, and we won on a Thursday night. When they tell you about how difficult it is to go out there and win, it's not exaggeration. I think Patrick Mahomes, I think he may have lost two games out there over the last few years. This is one of those wins that at the end of the season, if they're in Vegas, where we hope they will be, 
this, this is the type of win that builds character to win that final game of the season. You know, I believe they, when they played this game back in February against this team in the Super Bowl, they walked off of that field not feeling like the best team won the game. And I say that with the Eagles. They felt like they were a team that matched up well against this Kansas City Chiefs team, and they wanted to go out there and prove that tonight. They didn't play the way they wanted to in the first half, but whatever they did in that locker room at halftime, Sean Desai and the, the adjustments he made to hold this team to basically nothing in the second half and the offense to get it going, Jalen Hurts running the football, making big throws late in the game to Devontae Smith when he needed to. These are the type of wins that when you think back on the 2023 season, again, if they are where they expect to be at the end of the year, this is, this is the type of win that you hang your hat on. And that's the thing, too, is that when you needed to be able to run the football at the end, finding a way to create some big plays, not just with the run game, but with the screen game as well. DeAndre Swift, that middle screen that they hit in the first half, they come back to it in the second half on a critical drive. It gets them out of a big hole. Devontae Smith coming up with some big receptions, and not just late in the game, but even on the touchdown drives earlier, he had two big catches on that drive to keep the Eagles afloat and get DeAndre Swift in position to to score a touchdown. So you saw Smith come up in a big, big way. Jalen Hurts with his arm and with his legs in this one. A lot of design runs for Jalen Hurts. You feel pretty good about where his knee is at at this point coming off the bye. Jalen Hurts made some big plays. It was really good to see what the defense did. Again, zero points shutting out Patrick Mahomes and that offense in the second half. There's a lot to talk about here with this football game. As you said, I really think this is a watershed win for this team. This is something that they're going to go back to because they've had a lot of close wins this season and a lot of times they felt maybe to some fans unfulfilling or we sure. could have done more. I think almost every fan can look at this win and be like, this is a substantial win because there was substance behind it. They held them scoreless in the second half and by no means were they playing any near their best football in the first half. For them to turn it around, what for you was the biggest piece? Had to be the adjustments at halftime. Whatever we were able to do as far as being able to pick up some of these exotic looks that Steve Spagnuolo and his defense was giving you. That defense is, is legit. Yep. Only giving up 16 points a game coming into this game. They got after Jalen Hurts, that offensive line in the first half. I didn't think Jalen had a lot of time to throw the ball. You know, some of these jailbreak blitzes that they were running, it seemed like we had problems picking it up. But we made the adjustments in the second half, and they got away from that. I think running the ball with DeAndre Swift tonight, you know, if not for Jalen, DeAndre would be right there with Devontae for me as my player of the game because I think he had some tough runs. He made catches out of the backfield. And I think that slowed down Kansas City a little bit. They weren't as aggressive once the Eagles decided to get the ball out quick to whether it was uh, DeAndre or they're going to run uh, wide receiver screens. That was a huge deal. And then defensively, I thought we did a better job in the second half of stopping the run. And that first half, I mean, Isaiah Pacheco was just going up and down the field, and that was so um, unlike the Eagles' defense. They came in as the number one rushing defense in the league this year. It didn't look like that in the first half. I thought Kansas City struggled to sustain drives. Getting off the field on third down was huge for the Eagles as well. They got a couple three and outs on that Kansas City offense, and I think that slowed down the momentum.
Yeah, just three conversions on third down in the second half for Kansas City. They were six of eight with two touchdowns in the first half. So when you talk about defensive adjustments, the, the game plan on third down, I can't wait to go back and watch the film tomorrow, guys, and just see what they did to Travis Kelsey. Because it felt like the Eagles did some more bracket coverages and more double teams than you see in a typical football game. So some good defensive game planning coming in. Remember, 17 points to Patrick Mahomes in this offense. But even, th even then, 10 of those points that came before the two-minute warning, they started on short fields with yes. Kansas City getting the ball in plus territory after two long punt returns with missed tackles there from some players on special teams. So I think when you look at this defensive performance, just an outstanding job from Sean Desai in this unit. Two, two, the two new guys, Kevin Byard, Bradley Roby, both coming up with big turnovers down in the red yep. zone. I mean, that, that fumble that Ro uh, Roby caused, that was huge because it looked like Kansas City had regained a little bit of momentum and they were going into it, get at least three points there. To get no points on two of those drives, that's the difference in the game. I mean, they held them in 17. Yep. If they just kicked two field goals, now it's a 23 to 21 game, and the Eagles may need to score at the end to win the game on the road. So those turnovers were huge. It's almost like somebody called that on Eagles game plan this week. Yeah, Man. and I also want to point out the time. <laughs> you gotta watch Eagles game. Plan. <laughs> Listen, when I get these things right, man, I, I can't, I can't let it go. Yeah. Also, I, I wrote down the time when Ike walked in, and it was 10:25 p.m. And he said, and the Eagles were trailing at this time. And he said, "We're gonna win this game." He did. And yep. he was so convinced, and they still weren't playing their best football. <laughs> so, what convinced you that they could actually turn this game around? I wrote down the time because I was like, "This man is crazy." You know what it was. Kansas City, no disrespect to the Chiefs, but Kansas City's offense this year isn't an offense that blows you out, right? So you saw the graphic, only 53 points in the second half combined all season long, the fewest in the league. So I figured the Eagles, if they could just learn how to take care of the football and, and get some sustained drives by picking up first downs, they would be able to creep back into this game. Because I just didn't think Kansas City had the ability offensively to run away with the game. And we know this Eagles team, even when they aren't playing well, this is a resilient team. This team fights to the end. The quarterback does not allow anyone to give up out there. And when things aren't looking good, they still, they never point the finger. They never, you never see their shoulders slump, right? It's always, let's get back out there the next series and make something happen. And so that's what kind of made me believe at least they'll get back in the game. And, and some of it is just positive thinking. You know what I'm it's just, <laughs> it's just it's a little bit a of manifestation. Yes, it's just yeah. trying to have a positive <laughs> mindset and trying to sort of bring that to, to life. You just got to project that into reality. Uh, to me, Make I think. Into existence. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> uh, I think, the, you know, the, look, the big thing, and we talk about the defensive adjustments, you, you go back and you look at those two big plays that the, the, the newcomers, Bradley Roby and Kevin Byard, made. But uh, then also just looking at some of the adjustments they made up front. You talk about Isaiah Pacheco and what he did. They ran for over 100 yards in the first half. Nearly double of what the Eagles have allowed per game over the entire course of the season uh, on a per game basis. Kansas City eclipsed that by a large amount in the first two quarters. So they come out, and Troy Aikman pointed this out in the broadcast, how they were changing up their fronts, the Eagles. They used a little bit more five-man fronts, just trying to throw the numbers game off for Kansas City, try and see if they could stop that run game in its tracks. And the, and the Chiefs were able to hit a couple more big runs in the game, but ultimately they were able to stop the, stop the bleeding there and keep things going and get off the field ultimately on third down. And that weather, too, looked horrendous out yeah. in Kansas City. It was cold. It was rainy. We knew the run game was going to be a big part for both sides because we were hoping that the Eagles' run game was going to open up a little bit today yeah. because the Chiefs' run defense isn't the, the best. Worst in the yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. and I thought we – I love that we came in with the mindset we're going to run the ball tonight. You know, I think that was a part of the game plan. They stuck with it early, even though we didn't have success on some of the earlier runs. But I thought DeAndre Swift ran well. I thought the offensive line blocked well. And once DeAndre got to that, once he got past that line of scrimmage, he was able to make guys miss and, and have a few big runs in there. But give credit to Nick Sirianni and, and Brian Johnson having the right game plan, taking advantage of what the Chiefs don't do well, which is stop the run. Yeah, and I actually I really like too when the, that final drive when the Eagles got the ball back. I said, all right, like can they can they get a, a first down or two? Even yeah. if they can't milk it all the way down, can they get a first down or two just to really bleed some of that clock? And we thought, okay, what are they going to do in the run game? And what, what do they do? First down, they come out with a design QB Two run more. for Jalen Hurts, a QB lead draw where you had Boston Scott, I believe, out in front. You had a pulling offensive lineman from the backside, uh, and you had Jalen Hurts going for nine yards. That leads to a brotherly shove. The Eagles get a first down and, again, start to bleed some of that clock. So you had DeAndre Swift breaking off some explosive runs, some traditional, uh, which we'll break down a little bit later in the show, but you held that the jet sweep that went for 35 yards yeah. uh, in that game as well, which is a critical play in the second half. So the Eagles getting creative with some schemes to try and keep that defense on its toes and then coming through and executing late in the game when it was uh, most, most pivotal. And I liked how they were chipping away at that defense early on, maybe some quick little uh, passes over through the middle, just chipping away, just trying to get to those third downs, and then eventually opened the game up. And that Devontae Smith, huge reception at the end, just blew the game open. I felt like that was just such a turning point for this team, where the defense saw that play on the sidelines and was like, this is our time right now. Because they've been put in that position several times this year where the offense comes up big and they need to close out a two-minute warning, and they're able to do that. Yeah, that's why I was so happy with the way the defense played today because – they really allowed for the offense to get back into the game. We talked about the halftime adjustments, no points for Kansas City after the half. So that allowed the offense to really not get, not, not abandon the game plan and just go out there and start throwing every down, every down, every down. They could still hang with the running game when need be. And I think that kept the Kansas City Chiefs defense on its heels because you didn't know what you were going to get. And I thought coming out in the second half, I'm saying to myself, we're down by 10. We're about to throw the ball an awful lot this half. And against this defense, that's not what you want to do because they they are opportunistic. So the fact that we stuck with the run and it worked for us and then you were able to hit uh, Devontae over the top, that's great patience and trust in your guys. Jalen Hurts, five completions in the first half. Five sacks in the first half. Yeah. So uh, the fact that, you know, they, they look, that, that Chiefs defense, they were humming. Some of those blitzes, we broke it down. Again, broke it down on Eagles game plan. They hit on yeah. one of those uh, exact blitzes that Greg broke down in the show this week where they brought Trent McDuffie off the slot. You had the stunt to, to kind of soften the corner. He was unblocked. He got home to Jalen Hurts. It's exactly what they did to the Miami Dolphins. It's a very difficult blitz to pick up. Broke it down on the show. They come out. They busted out in the first half. They were able to hit it, but the Eagles come out. Wide receiver screen game, run game, just kind of soften those blitzes up to where you're not going to be sending five, six guys down after down after down in those high leverage situations. So the Eagles were able to just try and back up Steve Spagnuolo a little bit, and then you were able to come through and make some big plays. I mean, we, talk, we saw the 40-plus yard completion to Devontae Smith that set up Jalen Hurts' go-ahead touchdown. But to me, like that, that completion on the crossing route mm-hmm. on third down, third medium, that was pivotal because third mediums all throughout this game – it was blitz, 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 and on that play, we did not see the pressure get to Jalen Hurts because Kansas City decided they were going to play coverage just in case it was going to be a screen to set up fourth and short, right? And so uh, the Eagles' game plan coming out of the second, coming out of the locker room in the second half, just try and keep Steve Spagnuolo at bay with the way that they were calling plays. And listen, our best wide receiver 
did not have his best game tonight. Just because you got to give um, uh, Snead a lot of credit over there. Great coverage on him tonight. Probably had safety help over the top. And good for Jalen that he didn't force the ball over there to A.J. Brown. And that's the luxury of having two number one type wide receivers. Just look opposite of the Eagles tonight in Kansas City. They struggled with catching the ball tonight. They had some opportunities to catch the ball. Their receivers couldn't pull it in, and that's been a problem for them all year. But to have a, a Devontae Smith to go to um, when your other guy isn't necessarily having a big night, that's the, that's the beauty of this offense. Even without Dallas Goddard in there, you got a Devontae Smith over there who's very short-handed and made a lot of tough catches tonight. Yeah, we weren't sure how the offense was going to be divvied up today without Dallas Goddard because he's really the – third person in that three-headed monster on the attack for the Eagles. So it was interesting to see how the ball was kind of distributed. And you pointed out, Fran, too, that they were playing a lot of different players in the backfield yes. as well. Yeah. Uh, so one thing we saw, and we were kind of wondering this, right, was, all right, Dallas Goddard not in the lineup for the first time. What are some of the wrinkles we're going to see from this Eagles offense? And they mixed up their three and four receiver packages. So we saw some Alameda Zacchaeus. We saw some Julio Jones. But I thought it was interesting, Ike, that we saw a lot of pony personnel. So you had two running backs in the backfield at once. So you saw Boston Scott and DeAndre Swift back there. But then also a lot of wide receivers in the backfield as well. We saw Zacchaeus back there on a couple of RPOs. We also saw Devontae Smith a number of times as well. And again, what you're trying to do there is just try and cause some communication issues for the defense. Sometimes the ball's not going to go to either one of those guys, right. but you're just trying to get them to try and misalign. And honestly, and it, this is a different formation altogether, but you go back to that 40-yard completion of Devontae Smith, the Eagles were able to get Devontae one-on-one with a safety, and that's because of how they, al they align. So the Eagles moving all these pieces around, I think it's just, again, a good example of the game planning aspect, just getting these guys ready to put them in position to make plays. What they did in those split-back sets, what I thought was really good and showed up on a, on a number of occasions, but uh, the winning by formation, the Eagles were able to do it, especially when it mattered most late in this game. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the beauty of the bye week, right? Show them something they haven't seen before. Yep. Give them new little wrinkles and see how they react to it. So you saw that tonight, Devontae in the backfield, the pony look. Saw a little bit of that versus the Cowboys, yep. but more of that tonight. And like Fran said, that's all about trying to cause a little confusion and some miscommun miscommunication on the defensive side of the ball. Well, they're trying to cause confusion because Steve Spagnuolo is the master of confusion yeah. on defense and the different looks he's able to give. And that Chiefs defense moves a lot pre-snap and also post-snap to make you second-guess what you think you saw. Yeah. How did you evaluate how Jalen Hurts read that coverage? I thought they struggled with it in the first half. And what I don't know for sure is it – Jalen, who maybe didn't pick up things, or was it the offensive line that didn't pick it up? Because they all have to be in sync. You know, Jalen may see one thing, but Jason may see something else and call a protection a certain way. You need to be on the same page. But when you have these sub packages where it's either a dime package where it's only one DB out there, I mean, one linebacker out there with six DBs, and you move them all around, sometimes that can cause confusion as to, okay, who are we picking up? And I thought that played a little bit of a part of that, the, um, the disruption Kansas City was able to cause in the first half. They went in the locker room, talked about it, got it figured out, and we didn't see nearly as much of that in the second half. Yeah, the first three third downs of the game, all three of them were sacks uh, yeah. of Jalen Hurts. And uh, they were also all third and medium or third and longs as well. So it wasn't just like a third down issue as much as the Eagles just could not get things going offensively. And those pressure schemes had something to do with it. But to your point, Marissa, when the, the Eagles come out and they change those formations up, that then, if you're Steve Spagnuolo, you can't say, okay, you know what, we're going to put the, the we're going to go on the aggressive and we're going to make sure we, we put, put the nails on this offense. Now you're saying, okay, hold on, what is 
this formation. All right, let's maybe check out of this blitz call. Let's play more coverage. The Eagles were able that that's where the chess match was able to tilt in the Eagles' favor. You almost have to wait an entire series to even get the guys back over to the sideline and make the adjustments, yep. right? So when the Eagles come out in the second half and they're doing what they're doing, the Chiefs are like, well, hold on. Well, when they get over here to over here to the sideline, then we'll be able to talk about these things. But when it's happening in real time, it can be difficult for a defense to try to shut down. Hey, next time they line up this way, just treat it like this. Don't, <laughs> right. don't, don't, you know, don't try and fall for this eye candy. Just treat it that way. And if the Eagles can steal points on that possession or flip the field in that possession, it plays in your favor. And they gain momentum doing yeah. that by getting the Chiefs off the rhythm a little bit too. And what makes the Chiefs defense so hard too is that Chris Jones can pretty much line up Ooh. anywhere and yeah. get after it. <laughs> And he did get after it. Two sacks today, and he was just a menace on the yeah. defensive line. The Eagles' offensive line is usually one of the best in the league, but today they look like they suffered in different spots of the game plan. Yeah, you got to give that Chiefs team a lot of credit. Yep. You know, this is the number two ranked defense in the league for a reason. They get after pretty much everybody. So this was a true heavyweight matchup. You know, punch, counterpunch, punch, counterpunch. It was, it was funny how the beginning of the game started – because they, they were mirror images. The yeah. Eagles got a sack, three and out, and then the Chiefs got a sack, three and out, and then the Chiefs scored on their drive, and then the Eagles scored <laughs> on the drive. We talked about this during the week, Fran, again, Eagles game plan, <laughs> that this, this is the two best teams in the league. Yep. Two of the best franchises in the entire league. So I'm not surprised that it was a back-and-forth matchup. I really am not. Um, you just wanted to see – how the details would play itself out tonight. And it was strictly a defensive game in that first half for the Chiefs. And then the Eagles picked up the defensive pressure and caused turnovers in that second half. You, know, you talk about mirror images. And Chris Jones obviously had a huge night. It uh, was a big part of what the, the Chiefs were doing defensively. But one guy that really stood out when the Eagles were on defense – Jalen Carter. Uh, and this is a guy that I don't know what the production ended up looking like. We'll look at the box score. It was probably a couple tackles uh, overall in this game. He got held like seven, eight times, right? I was, I'm scr- Marissa, you were laughing at me. We're sitting there. I know our producer, Melissa Higgins, was laughing at me as well. I'm sitting there screaming at the TV that where, where's the hold? Where's the replay? I need to see that again. Uh, Jalen Carter's getting tackled in the backfield. Uh, I was going nuts. But, again, it's not necessarily because, look, refs, uh, things go both ways. I'm not, I wasn't necessarily complaining about the refereeing as much as Jalen Carter, he's a menace as well. I was really impressed with what the rookie put on, fil- on, on film tonight. Yeah, he looks really good. He's like Chris Jones. We got a good one. Well, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it seems like it's going that direction. Yes, sir. <laughs> I think on defense, too, what stood out is that when we started off talking about this year, it was that the offense was going to lead the way, and the defense maybe had some soft spots they had to work out. But time and time again, the defense has been put in these situations where they need to show up, and they've done just that. It's kind of the iron sharpening iron. What does this say about the defensive progression so far that they were able to hold a team like Kansas City scoreless in the second half? They're fighters. I mean, that's just the way I look at it. These guys, they believe in each other, and they really want to go out here and play well tonight. We know the defense gave up a ton of points, a ton of yards back in February. They wanted to show that they are much better, and they came out and played that way tonight. They had to match the intensity that the Kansas City Chiefs defense had going tonight. They were slowing down our offense, got some turnovers, causing disruption. You know, as a defensive player, you're sitting there watching that on the sideline, and it's like, hold on. They're out there hitting our quarterback like that. If we can't move the ball, then we need to go out there and do the same thing to their offense. So that's what I love about this defense. The leaders on that side of the football have a never-say-die type of mentality, and that trickles down to everybody over there, even the young players. The young players are out there. They see Big Bro up here fighting and keep playing, no matter being down by 10 to the Kansas City Chiefs. It don't matter. 
We're going to fight all the way to the end. If we're going to lose this game, we're going to lose this game with them scoring 17 points. They don't score again tonight. That's the way they seem like they took the field in the second half. And again, I go back to Sean Desai. Give him a lot of credit for the adjustments he's making. Man, you don't, you don't normally see adjustments like this at half. And we've seen in several games where the defense look, may look one way in the first half, and then they come out in the second half, a completely different defense where they shut teams down. Yeah, think about Miami game, right? They allow seven points in yeah. the second half to the, the Dolphins. The Rams game. The Rams game as well. Yeah. Uh, that, that offense was humming in the first five, six weeks of the season. So I think when you look at, the, you know, this week, is, this defense is a week-to-week kind of game plan. It's always kind of evolving. Hey, this week, you know, we're going to major in cover two. We didn't do it at all in the first six games, but this week it's going to be a big part of the game plan. And every week we're going to add a layer, add a layer, add a layer. And ultimately, if you're the offense and you're trying to game plan, you don't know what's coming. Uh, right. I think they're one of the few teams in the league where, uh, and I'm going to get a little, little nerdy here, uh, they're one of the few teams in the league that play a different kind of coverage at least 12% of the time. And what I mean by that is that they don't major in any one coverage. They're always throwing different things out. So if you're an offense and it's third down, you, you might have an idea of what it's going to be going into the game. And then it's something completely different. Hey, it's first and 10 in the red zone. Oh, this is the coverage they typically play. Oh, not so fast. Oh, this is a, they're actually going to do something a little different. When you have the ability to win in all of these different ways as a defense from a coverage standpoint, from a blitz standpoint, from a front standpoint, well, now you're going to keep the offense guessing. And again, it's just adding another layer of complexity for the opposing team. Yeah. yeah. What did this do for the Eagles' def- defense status among the league? Mm. Well, I think they already got a reputation as being one of the better defenses in the league. The passing, the pass defense needed to get better. Looks like it improved, you know, and we, we always talk about how the secondary and the pass rush sort of is married together. So when we talk about having a difficult or not playing so well on the back end, it's not always what you see on the back end. Sometimes it's what's happening up on the front end. And if Patrick Mahomes has the time that he had in the first half to move around, run around, and make plays, then it's going to be difficult for your secondary to hold a team down. But I thought Patrick Mahomes in the second half didn't have anywhere to go with the football, had to make some difficult throws, and then some of his receivers let him down by dropping the ball. To answer your question, I think that the Eagles have the ability to be a top 10, top 5 defense easily. They just do. The talent is over there. I think just the more familiarity they get with playing together, especially with now the secondary starting to, to round itself into, in, into form, um, I think we're going to be a good defense. Now, we're getting the toughest stretch of offensive players and quarterbacks that yep. we're going to have all year long. So we can't necessarily – they're not going to go out here and shut down all these offenses to 17 points. They, you know, those guys get paid too. So they're going to make some plays. But the key thing I like is making plays late in the game when you need them to make plays late in the game. That final drive, not allowing the Chiefs to go down the field. How many times have we watched Patrick Mahomes do this to teams? March down the field, he needs a touchdown, he needs three points. He marches down the field with ease, and he, and he scores. Now, we got fortunate that Valdez Scantley dropped that ball. But that's but – that's, You need that sometimes. You need, yeah. sometimes. <laughs> yes, sometimes. You need to have those sometimes. But I still love the way that they continue to fight. And I think by the time we're at the end of this season, we're going to be proud of the defense that we have. You know, we've talked about Hassan Reddick as like the closer, right? Yep. How often have we seen when uh, the Eagles have the lead, the opposing team has to pass, and the Eagles just, you know, they let, they let those guys go off the leash and just get <laughs> after the quarterback. Well, here in this game, 
going up against a quarterback in Patrick Mahomes that is the hardest quarterback to sack Man. in the NFL. That's it, not just an eye test thing. That is a numbers thing. He is the hardest quarterback to get to the ground because he is slippery and can run. We saw that on numerous scrambles tonight, but then also his ability to scramble and throw, make plays on the run outside of structure. Well, what did we see here in this game? Instead of saying, hey, you know what? It's third and 12, second to last drive of the game. It's a one-score game. The Eagles need a stop. Instead of just saying, hey, everybody go and get after the quarterback, four-man rush, five-man rush, and we'll play man coverage behind it, what did we see them do? They, they put Hassan Reddick over the middle, and instead of him getting after the quarterback, he's mush-rushing, containing, spying. I want to go back and watch exactly what he – he was not trying to go after the right. quarterback. He sat and waited, was patient at the line of scrimmage. As Patrick Mahomes started to scramble to his left, that's when number seven closed like a maniac on the football and forced the incompletion. So, again – just having the game plan ready to go and just rolling out different variances of what you were doing uh, defensively. It wasn't just, hey, you know what, we're, this is what we do. We're, we're going to go out and we're going to go and play. No, we're going to have different plans for all these different dragons. we got we got to go up against Patrick Holmes this week. It's another one next week. you got Josh Allen. And guess what? Third down, th first third and 12, it's not going to be that play. It's no. going to be something different next yeah. week. And that's a credit to Sean Desai and this defensive staff. Yeah, it's like tailor-made defensive schemes yes. for sure. Because then we saw a couple times Patrick Mahomes' pocket was collapsing. We thought, oh, we have him. And he just finds a way to slip through <laughs> that pressure yep. and, find, and make a completion down the field. That's why it was so surprising that they couldn't – not surprising, but happy that they couldn't get things going, the Chiefs, at the end of the game. And it really felt like the Eagles were just really able to switch that momentum. And I also just want to point out, too, we are taking questions for Ask Ike, presented by Pondley Hockey. I know Ike is... Talk to me! Yeah, he's waiting. Talk he to can't me. wait to answer all of your questions, Ike. Yeah. But, yeah. I'll tell you, also, when Patrick is, is running around doing that, it's also important for the secondary to stay plastered to their man. Like, because that's where they make plays. You lose guys in coverage. And Kelsey so, did that. Yeah. Big reception. And that's usually what happens when Patrick Mahomes is running around. They have a great scramble drill they like to do with their receivers because they yep. know he's going to extend plays and they just need to buy time to get open. But I thought our players, for the most part, did a great job at least staying close to their man and making those throws a little more difficult for uh, Mahomes to make. Yeah. Well, you know, I mentioned Mahomes. Uh, I mentioned the Eagles are going to see Josh Allen. I, I want to almost like bring it back to Jalen Hurts as well uh, because yeah. I, he, he is in that conversation now uh, at this point, right? Because no matter what, no matter the situation, no matter the scenario, uh, winning the, the game, is, you know, if he's throwing for four touchdowns at 78% completion or if he's at 50% with no touchdowns and a pick like he was tonight, at the end of the game, when you need him to make a play, he's going to make plays. The big third down completion to Devontae Smith, the explosive throw over the shoulder, down the field, along, uh, right to the goal line, to Devontae Smith. Put it on his, you know, give it to him in his hands and let him carry the ball as a runner. He's going to do it. He's going to find a way to win. That is the mark of, of an elite quarterback, and that's exactly what Jalen Hurts is. He's one of the best in the football. So true, man. I mean, I, I think those are the two best quarterbacks in football right yeah. there. I mean, all they do is win football games. They put their team, they give their team a chance to win every time they step on the field. Every time they step on the field. And I think it was um, two games ago, when, or it might have been the Cowboys game, where Jalen got his knee banged up and he was asked, you know, how does he keep going right before the half? And how did he, you know, he said, I do it for this city, I do it for my team. And, and, and he means that. And, and I think that resonates with his teammates so that they continue to fight as well. Like, we've seen where the guy playing that position may not have the right temperament and sort of when things aren't going well, He's not going well. And that has a negative effect on everybody else on the team. It just does. He's playing a key, key position, 
And the fact that he's constantly in belief mode that he can come back. I also said this, another humble brag when I came in. I said, we're down by 10 points. How many games has Jalen won when the team has been down by yep. 10? Does it all the time. Yep. And it's because he has that belief that he can come back in the game. Now, he needed help from his defense to not allow that lead to continue to grow. And he was going to make the plays. And you're so right, Fran. The, the quarterback design runs tonight lets you know that, that that knee may not be 100%, but it's feeling a lot better. Yep. Because they, they, you don't call those quarterback design plays if he's not feeling good. And so to see him run tonight, that was pretty cool to watch him, to watch him get out there and run. Yeah, to watch him run, but also to watch him keep so steady. There was a moment where A.J. Brown was being, yes, you know, sure. super emotional on the sidelines, and he's allowed to be like that. That's his personality. But you can just see Jalen in the background just so steady and trying to keep everything calm and, and let the moment pass, not get engaged with it, not heighten it, not try to diffuse it, just let him feel what he needs to feel, and then go and win a game. Yeah. So. And that was a little bit of a mix-up on that interception. Right. I saw what A.J. saw. He saw that he was mm -hmm. wide open. But when you got a blitzer, right in your face. The quarterback doesn't have time to sit back there and heave a throw. He's, got, he's, he's going through his hot read. So, like you said, Marissa, I, I like the fact that when they got to the sideline and they're talking it out, you can see Jalen sort of standing off to the side or standing behind him. He's listening, but he's not engaging in that. And he's, he's thinking about, okay, what am I going to do next? What are we going to do next? And it allows the players to really get whatever emotion they have out at that moment, and then we move on to the next thing. Right. He doesn't need to diffuse anything. He just needs to kind of let it ride out. So a great win in Arrowhead, and Brandon Graham spoke all about it from the locker room. No, no. I mean, we knew going against Coach Reed, it was going to be one of those gritty games. Uh, we knew they well-coached team against against another well-coached team. And we just had to make sure that we that we just stayed, stayed together because we knew they was going to make plays. I mean, Mahomes is a great quarterback. Uh, I mean, obviously, um, we know all about him. So it was just more about making sure that we made more plays than him and, um, you know, and to make sure we stopped him uh, on, on uh, third and fourth down, you know, when they when they wanted to go for it. So I'm just I'm just proud of the team because we just, we just didn't flinch. That's what I like, you know, through it all. Was Nick using Brandon Graham talking about how they just had to make some big plays down the stretch, and they did just that. And defense has been doing that week in and week out. Yeah, again, like I said, sometimes it may not always look pretty, but I think it's effective and the fact that they continue to fight. And, and that's what you want. You want to, as a defense, you want to be a defense that goes out there and fights to the final whistle. Yeah, and this was, to me, like when I think of the, the game-changing play, the defense made it. And, yep. and that was that Bradley Roby force fumble. Mm. The Kansas City Chiefs are driving. They get the ball, I think, right into the red zone. Uh, and Roby sees that ball from Travis Kelsey and perfectly times uh, the punch, gets the ball down on the ground. Uh, outstanding. Look, that's recovered. It was not recovered by Roby. Give credit to a lot of those Eagles jerseys as well. Everybody's swarming to the football. You're able to recover that fumble. Uh, and look, sometimes on defense, uh, fumbles can go either way, but you make your own luck with sure. how you play. The Eagles flowing to the football, able to get a critical turnover. All right, great stuff there from Marissa and Ike. Thanks to them, and thanks to all of you out there for your continued support of this show and all the rest of our podcasts here with Eagles Entertainment. That being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. For everybody here at the Novacare Complex, I am Fran Duffy. We will talk to you later this week.